How are y'all? Me in Romans 8. Feel the need to clarify a few things before I start. Rachel is my twin sister, if you did not know. Rachel is one minute older than me. Yes, I am now stronger than her, even if I don't look it. Yes, it took me 16 years to become stronger than her. Yes. If I get lost tonight, reading, I will say the word pineapple, just so y'all know. Because sometimes I start a sentence and I don't know where it's going. Like this one. In the book of Romans, Paul is writing from the church at Corinth. This is his third visit to Corinth, and he is writing to Rome before he visits it. Visit pineapple. <laughs> before he visits it. Uh, Romans can be taken as a warning letter because of the legalistic teachings or the adherence to the old laws that the church in Rome was abiding by. Chronologically, this is the sixth epistle written by Paul, the first being Thessalonians and the second Thessalonians, about 50, 80, then Galatians and Corinthians 1 and 2. Just as an interesting fact, did you know that A.D. in Latin means in the year of our Lord? Uh, in chapter 8, it focuses on the Holy Spirit. And why do I know this? Because it mentions... Before this chapter, it mentions the Holy Spirit once in all of Romans, and then it mentions it 19 times in this chapter. So I think it's a safe bet to say that this is about it. Chapter 8 specifically is about concerning the re redemptive power of the Spirit over the flesh. Can you all please stand and honor reverence to the reading of God's holy word tonight? <laughs> There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for, the like, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Let us pray. Father, in heaven, Lord, thank you for this day, Lord, and thank you for all they've given us. Thank you for allowing us to be able to come here to worship you, Lord, tonight. Lord, thank you for allowing us to have this church house where we can come to worship you, in a country where we can come to worship you, Lord. Many other places we're not aren't allowed to do this, Lord, and thank you for keeping us safe during this time, Lord. Lord, bless all those that are here, Lord. Lead and guide them during all their problems, Lord, and bless the, ser bless the sermon, Lord. Place your hand upon me, Lord, and lead, guide, and direct me. Lord, please move in the service, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Verse 2, it mentions that the Holy Spirit replaces the law of sin and death with the law of the spirit of life. It takes over the sin nature and replaces it. 
anytime we're, if you look through history, anytime a major ruler is thrown out of power and a, a rebellion occurs, it's because it's for the betterment of the people, whether it be misguided or not. Such as the Tsars in Russia, when they changed to communism because of the oppression that they had. Or when, during the Revolutionary War, when the colonists fought against the British to become free because of their oppressive rule. All throughout history, a rebellion generally occurs in a nation or a country's history. One of the only ones that is that baffles many scholars is the one in Judah. And in 700 years, no rebellion ever occurred. And back in that time, like every third week a rebellion occurred. When that Holy Spirit comes in, the new ruler, it becomes a new ruler over you. And it's benevolent, which is In verse 2 it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. My first sub-point for benevolence is an amendment occurs. Taking a look at the legal system, no SWAT came in, I can continue. In the American legal system, according to Article 5 in the Constitution, we legally can't repeal an amendment by just voting on it. You have to add another amendment to take away the power that the original amendment upheld. This has occurred only once, to my knowledge, in, his, in the history of America, 200-something years that's been around. During the 1920s in Prohibition, the 18th Amendment outlawed alcohol and the 21st Amendment de-outlawed alcohol or legalized it. See, But it's still an amendment. The 18th Amendment is still there. And you can abide by it if you want to, but it's not legally the law. The 21st Amendment is. But you're, you're, the old law is still there, but you're supposed to follow the new law. Once salvation takes place, you receive the choice to follow either the old law or the new law. The old law will drag you away, beat you down, while the new law will bless you mightily. And assimilation originates. See, but once you become free from the law of sin and death, you're not the only one that's free from the law of sin and death. There are believers all around the world. You get taken into the family of God. You see, the law doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone around you. That's why there's so much money given to the government, right? That's not the right page. If a judge was going to sentence you to life imprisonment, but he gave you the, he told you that there was a way to get off, scot free, and not have to deal with any punishment whatsoever, would you take it? And then they tell you every single detail on how to get away with it. And better yet, he writes it down and makes it the most used and sold book on the planet for 
many, 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 many years. Like longer than Bryce has been alive. <laughs> then he sends hundreds of thousands of people around the planet to tell you about it. Would you listen to him? See, nowadays, many people don't. But this book has proven time and time again to be true and right. I'm talking about the Bible. And that's what salvation is. Everything you've done, you won't get in trouble for. But now, after you become saved, you know it's bad. I need to tell the world that it's bad. Verse 3 says, For what the law could not do, and that it was a weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. In that, if we, if we look into the verse, humans physically have boundaries that they cannot break. We may, some humans can lift a full ton. I can lift like 40 pounds. But those boundaries are defined. Many times, most people can't. Certain boundaries are just physically can't be broken. That's why God had to come down in human flesh in the form of Jesus, because he was 100% man and 100% God. Because we screwed up a lot through history. Am I right? To go into it, I'm look at the covenants. The first one was the Edenic Edemic covenant, which stated we have domination over all the dominion, over all the earth. And what have we done with that? We've committed genocide. I took a whole class on genocide for 18 weeks. I can stand up here and talk for 40 minutes on genocide. It is not fun. The second one was um, the Noah. I'm not pronouncing these right, and I practiced how to say them. Covenant, which it said no flood, that the Lord would never flood the earth again. Pineapple, yes. <laughs> never flood the earth again. And then it goes on to mention, when that covenant is made, that you're not supposed to murder anyone. People still murder people. In the Abrahamic covenant, he was promised land and that we were supposed to be the that the Jews were supposed to be the children of God, and they immediately disobeyed him. In the Mosaic covenant, which set up the law for all the people, all the Jews, as soon as Moses came down that mountain, they were smashed because of the way the people were treating. In the Davidic covenant, Jesus. Jesus was promised to be an descendant of David. If you look into it, there are 40 kings, 40, 39 kings following David as the kings of Israel and Judah. Only eight of them were good kings, according to the Bible. And the reason for that is we as humans got impatient. We took our eyes off God for a moment, and everything went bad. Then comes the new covenant, 
that Jesus formed when he died on the cross and paid the sin debt for all of us. See, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Jesus had to be sent because the spirit's jurisdiction wasn't inside of us at that point. See, when a police officer has to deal with jurisdiction, they can only stay in their specific area. There are only two options for a police officer to be able to go out of their jurisdiction, and that's if the case starts in their area or if an agreement is made between departments. And when that agreement away, the boundaries fall away. They become unrestricted. See, verse 3 says, See, for what the law of this, nope, pineapple. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. See, a stipulation was placed on the spirit. It gets filtered out when you're not saved. It's like when you pan for gold. You have to sift through the bad stuff. Miners would take days and years trying to find gold. Pick it up, sift through it. They didn't find it. They go put it right back in the river. Let them all wash downstream, all the bad stuff. Where they would set the good stuff aside. And the stuff that they put back in the river would just float on downstream to the next panner. He would pick it up, sift through it, and find nothing. Sometimes we don't do what we need to do because it's hard. Not everyone goes out and witnesses to everyone, like we're commanded. You don't walk into Hardee's and order a Western bacon cheeseburger and then say, have I told you about Jesus recently? Sometimes we just go with the good parts and the easy parts, like, yay, we're going to heaven. Yay. Yay, we're going to heaven. <laughs> you guys don't sound too happy about it. I went the wrong way. There we go. I'm not stupid. See, we should accept the full responsibilities we have as Christians to go out and tell the gospel unto all the nations. Preach the gospel in all the nations. I butchered that. And be uncompromising in who we tell it to, why we tell it. Which is a great segue to the next subpoint. Verse 3 says, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. See, to do the best job, you have to be the best worker. And the best worker never settles for anything less than the best. Jesus never settled. Everything he did was with precision, it was calculated, and was for the betterment of the kingdom. And he had everything accounted for in the way he acted. Me and Mike Gravit or not, Jesus. If you couldn't tell. A repeated phrase that Mike Gravitt utters is, you can't have nothing nice. Because you can't have nothing nice. 
My favorite, though, is they stole my mailbox, but that's not related at all. Let's see, Mike got COVID in the beginning of the year. And he was on oxygen for seven weeks. So I physically couldn't work. Mike is my boss. I feel like I should point that out. So we had to hire contractors to come in to do some work for him. And they stripped the ceiling. Now, stripping the ceiling is when you take a board, like a skinny board, and run along the ceiling under the, of course, pineapple, the roof joists to support the ceiling up so that it doesn't come down or bow. And after they ran the joists, after they ran the, <laughs> No, I'm doing, I can remember words. This is the one word I didn't write down. They sh when they stripped the ceiling, they didn't run the board correctly, and the ceiling bowed, meaning it went, Whoo. See, and part of the ceiling is compromised now, and we can't trust it. This means more work for me. I'm not meaning to badmouth them. But we are not Jesus. We literally cannot push past certain weaknesses. But he could. Because he wasn't just a human every day like me or Mike. He was Jesus. He was the Son of God. He came to earth for us. He came down from heaven to earth. Could you, could you imagine taking that choice to come down from heaven the place where they use gold as asphalt, where they're using diamonds for windows to come down to earth and live here. Here. Now, I like, I like Catoosa County or Frostville. I like this whole area. But gold is asphalt? <laughs> I feel like I'm getting off point, but... But he came down from his father. He came down from God. He willingly came down to save all of us. And not just us. He came down to save everyone, everywhere. I just can't imagine why we'd do it. And I think that's the point. We can't fathom why we'd do it. Truly. Because his ways are beyond our understanding. But he was able to push past the weakness that we had. And now we don't have that weakness. That law, that Holy Spirit that's inside of you after salvation, it's constantly there. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. If you're doing something bad, he's that nagging thought in the back of your head going, should you do this? Should you really run out into a pasture with a bull in it with a red shirt on? No, you shouldn't. From experience, no, you should. <laughs> no, I'm not off topic. <laughs> uh, verse 4 says, That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, it specifically says, might be fulfilled in us. See, we receive this opportunity to be fulfilled. 
Just like the opportunity for a new beginning in Christ. See, God doesn't hate the drunkard. He hates the sin. He hates the drinking. He loves the drunkard. See, everyone sins. Am I right? No matter, and we can't help it beforehand. But after salvation, we can choose whether or not to sin. Point three is beginning. You just ever jump in a pool, fully clothed. It's so hot that you keep your shoes on when you jump in. And your clothes just get soaked. And you get out of the pool and it's just dripping down. And you have to take all the clothes off, then dry off, then get another set of clothes. See? That's what it's like with salvation. So you get saturated. Your whole body absorbs the Holy Spirit. Sure, you can get out and dry off and walk away from that pool. Easy. What if you stayed? It's like being a Christian on Sunday, going to church, dressing up all nice and fancy, bringing your Bible, quoting it during conversations, and then going to work on Monday and never saying anything about the Lord. See, because I've done that. I used to do that all the time at school. I still do it at school without thinking about it. Because when you get saturated in the Spirit, like many people do on Sunday, and if you don't ever address it or use it, it'll eventually wear off. That's why we have the Bible, to stay in His Word, to constantly learn something new and try and draw closer to Him. See, but in that pool, the Spirit wants us to stay in that pool. He wants us to continually be doing stuff for the betterment of His kingdom. He doesn't want you to get out and dry off and lose all the stuff that you just got. See, but the thing is, the pool isn't open to everyone. Not everyone. It's like it's like at a country club. I've never been to one, and I don't think they'd ever let me in because you have to be invited. At least the ones I tried to get into. It's not a story. See? And Jesus invites all of us into the kingdom through salvation. See, because verse 4 says, Who walk not after the Spirit, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See? You can't even walk in the Spirit without Jesus. He died on the cross to give us a choice. Heaven or hell. Because he's not just the beginning. He's also the end. He's been there since the start and will stay there through all time. Pineapple. If you zone out the entire message and listen to this and I'm done. During Bryce's message this morning, it covered the change between each generation. It covered how something like worshiping God and being in His Spirit can change in the span of a comma. The average generation now is 
approximately 20 to 30 years. My whole life can be fitted in that one comma. See, and many of the young people here also have their lives fit in that one comma. And I'm not calling any of you old, but some of you can have two or three commas. <laughs> yeah. See, with all that experience that we don't have, y'all have lived lives full of enrichment and learning in Christ. And I'm asking you this. Please pour into the young people. They need you. This world is turning upside down. It's turning... It's going dark. <laughs> Rapture's coming soon. And it'll be a great day for me, because I could go to heaven. But not all the young people will be able to go to heaven. So I just ask you to, anytime you see one, encourage them, lift them up, tell them about Jesus. Yeah, let's pray. Father, we're in heaven, Lord. Thank you for this day, Lord, and thank you for all that you've given us. Thank you for allowing us to be able to come here to worship you, Lord. And Lord, thank you for all the people in here. Lord, place your hand upon them as we go out into the world this week, Lord, and please keep us safe, Lord. Bad things are coming, Lord. We already know what happens, Lord. You've told us. And we know that you win in the end and that we're on your side. Lord, please allow us to keep our eyes towards you during this week, Lord. Place your hand upon us, Lord. Flee to us with the Spirit, Lord, and allow us to go witness to as many people as possible, Lord. Lord, help this young generation, Lord. Many don't know you, Lord, and they need you. Lord, we need you more than ever right now. And Lord, thank you for always being with us. Thank you for never leaving nor forsaking us, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.